Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This podcast contains strong language and adult themes from the outset. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to Because You Watched, the podcast where comedians pitch completely original TV show and movie ideas. My name's Beck Hill, and with the help of producer Rory... Hello, that's a me. That's a you. That's a you. Tell, tell me a bit more about yourself, Rory. Right, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a producering chap. I, I do production stuff, and I'm going to be taking notes and Google searching and basically getting all these ideas as spick and span and as perfect as possible so that... Uh, They'll be the best things they possibly can be when we eventually pitch them somewhere big and amazing. You're the Igor to my Frankenstein. People often say that. The Lynn to my Alan Partridge. (laughs) (laughs) And the Gareth to your Brent. going to put together a slate of totally genius ideas submitted by our guests each week. Speaking of guests, I'm going to introduce our first one. It is the fantastic comedian, uh, award-winning compere, I should say as well, by several times over, and my good friend, it's Laura Lex. Hiya. Hey, Laura. How, hey, are, you, how are you going? I'm all right. How's your cupboard? It is a warm and moist. <laughs> Ooh, just how a good cup of truth we. Yeah, I, I should say that uh, for um, people listening, that I record in an actual cupboard. This isn't like a weird ongoing thing that Laura and I have, <laughs> where she just, uh, you know, calls, calls various parts of my body different elements of her house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is it's where all of our coats and jackets and all my in fact all my flip charts are in this cupboard they're by my feet right Aww. now yeah they say well, hello it sounds lovely well done oh good thank you where are you recording I'm in my spare room at the moment but I'm p- moving house in two days so it's a jumble sale basically half the stuff's unpacked half of it's packed and it is chaos do you what's exciting is when this comes out and you're listening to it you're going to be like oh remember that awful time when i was surrounded by boxes not in my new place oh god i'm so excited yeah that sounds lovely oh and do you know what i'm even more excited about hearing your idea soon but before we get to it i'm going to introduce our second guest and friend of the show also friend of mine it would be weird if i said it wasn't wouldn't it uh is uh not only the host of werewolf live but also has dot sexy in his website instead of dot com it's john gracie i bought it when it was a reasonable hey <laughs> and when by, by reasonable i do mean affordable 
I don't think it was ever reasonable. Uh, hey, Beck, how's your cupboard? I was going to say warm and moist again, but I feel like, what, what should I say? Uh, Warmer and moister? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting increasingly Especially. warm. It's, it's just uh, the, the greeting. If you haven't listened to this show before, everyone, this is just how we always greet each other. I do it in the street. <laughs> if I ever see Beck walking around town, how's your cupboard, Beck? Just across the yeah. road. <laughs> and I say dot sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What category are we working on for this episode? Well, this time our category is Romantic Christmas Films, which is a real category on Netflix. There are 16 titles within it at time of recording. Nine of the 16 have the word Christmas in the title. Those are Christmas Inheritance, Christmas with a View, Christmas Wedding Planner, Cinderella Story, Christmas Wish, The Night Before Christmas, that's spelt with a K, A Wish for Christmas, A Christmas Prince, A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding, and A Christmas Prince... The Royal Baby. Has anyone seen any know? of these films? I've seen all of them. <laughs> you haven't, Laura. Have I you really? have. Yes. I've seen, I, so- I was like, I was thinking, I wonder how many of these I've seen. And then when you listed them, I was like, oh no, I have. I've seen them all. <laughs> I love that stuff. For my, for my sins, I've seen The Princess Switch. And actually, it was quite fun. <laughs> That is, is that the one with one Vanessa Huggins where they play the same person and then go, yeah, we mildly look alike. And it's like, no, you stupid bitch. You look exactly the it same. Is, go to it is hospital. never addressed. You're never addressed that there is an twins. identical twin. <laughs> <laughs> that, that plot beat, of all the plot beats that come up in that movie, there that one does not. There are plot beats though. The whole bit with the oh, KitchenAid like a... where she cuts the wire and then that has no effect. It's like the big baddie twist and it has no effect on the entire, oh, it's amazing. I'll be honest, Laura, I can't remember anything about it. That film went in one ear and just dissolved into a fine mist in my brain. A fine Christmassy mist smelling bad. vaguely of cookies. Laura, you seem to be a real uh, master of this of this genre. What Can you explain why Cinderella Story is, is part of the Christmas one? Is oh, it that Christmassy? one's kind of mushed into my... A Cinderella Story, that's... Which one? That's not not the Hillary Duff one. Yeah, Rory, is it the same? Is it the Hillary Duff one? Because that's the only one I remember. So, Cinderella Story: A Christmas Wish stars Laura Marano, Greg Sulkin, and Isabella Gomez. So th- that's that's your answer there. And it's it's the, not uh, even the original Cinderella Story. No, it's a 2019 release. It's PG, so not too sexy. Uh, the the blurb is: Despite her vain stepmother and mean stepsisters, an aspiring singer works as an elf at a Christmas tree lot and finds her own holiday miracle. No, Have no you seen dust. that one, Laura? I think I have. I don't know oh that one goodness. as well as the other ones. I think I've only seen it once. I'm just Googling <laughs> it now once. to look at the stills. Laura, you're, you are a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> look, I love Christmas films. I just think, and also, okay, so here's why I really love Christmas films, specifically like straight to TV Christmas films is that what they basically are is an entire genre of films that would never have got made if they hadn't been set at Christmas. Like, I watched one once about somebody... um, I, I don't know. I can't even remember what the plot was. It was something to do with a dog and a family adopted the dog and then a guy came back from Afghanistan and it was his dog and he was like, I want my dog back. I'm a war vet. And she was like, but my little boy loves a dog. And then they fell in love. So the dog, you know, merged families. Rah, rah, rah. But Is this had- a veteran's Christmas? Maybe. Oh it was something to do God. with a dog. Anyway, it had yeah. nothing to do with Christmas <laughs> at all, except <laughs> for in the middle, Christmas. they just like put up Christmas decorations for a few scenes and then took them down again. And this is like, 
oh my god it's maniac and have you seen the one with um where sabrina the teenage witch kidnaps mario from mario lopez and then he gets stockholm syndrome because she takes him back laura, to the family laura it's none mad. of us i think have seen any of these films <laughs> i was say. really hoping you were going to say when sabrina from sabrina the teenage witch uh, kidnaps Mario from Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that's why I'm going to go. Now he knows like, on the list. Yeah, Princess Peach has to go down a pipe and save him. It's great. <laughs> is, is this movie called Christmas Reservations with Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Uh, no, it's called... What's it's not it a ski called? lodge? Holiday Handcuffs, I think it's called. Holiday Handcuffs. Wow. It's so... But broken. Like, she literally kidnaps a man because she doesn't want to tell her parents that she's single. And everyone... And then he falls in love with her, like, over the weekend. Spoilers, sorry. And everyone's fine with it. And you're like, oh, this is horrific. It's so bad. I love it. Speaking of that exact phenomenon, Laura, I don't need to ask if you've seen this because you definitely have, but have you guys seen Christmas with the Cranks? Yeah. No. So that film starts out... Uh, it's, it's rubbish. Don't watch it. But it starts out as t- the cranks, as in the weren't they the the bad like the murder guys? Weren't there some crime it's guys? Cranks, not the craze. No, it's not the craze. Christmas, craze. Oh, that's Christmas what I was with the craze. <laughs> Christmas with the craze. I would, I would watch oh. that. I'm so annoyed that's not my movie pitch. Christmas with the craze sounds legit. But that's why Christmas films are great because that film. Just like you just throw Christmas in it and people like me will watch it. And so it gets made. <laughs> and it, How? Um, it just leads to some beautiful projects. Like, is it Christmas with the Coopers that's got like Amanda Seyfried and it's got this amazing cast and it's quite a nice film, actually. It's all sort of this big family coming together for Christmas and it's all their individual stories. And then at the end, it just turns out that the dog has been narrating it the whole time. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like for no reason and no benefit to the plot at all but you've watched it I think it's got like John Goodman in it and some it really does. good yeah. really good cast and it's not bad like by holiday film standards it's very good and then just in the last shot like woof 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 it was me talking all along and like, why why Amazing. I love whichever producer just needed to put a like fingerprint on the film and that yeah. was their idea and it was going <laughs> I'll, I'll in. I'll let like, you know that's either look. Michael London, Jesse Nelson, or Janice Williams is responsible yeah. for that. No, that is classic London. He loves yep. his talking <laughs> What I get from this is that Laura, you've basically seen every Christmas film. So the aim here is just to pitch some that you haven't seen yet. <laughs> yeah. <So>. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's a website, actually, Very Merry Movies, which I found in my research of a category, uh, which uh, reviews Christmas movies. And at the very top of their reviews, they include all the cliches that are found within that movie, uh, which feels very on brand and maybe a good, a good set of pointers. So, for example, um, one of the movies that was in the category, A Christmas Inheritance, uh, the cliches listed for that movie are opens with a city scene. That feels quite quite on brand, doesn't it? Like a sweeping shot of New York covered in snow oh, or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. We've got some some charity work, someone who's really good, just so good, so pure and nice. Uh, we've got a town with a Christmassy name. Oh, yeah. That's a good yeah. That's that, that feels like that's a good part. There's a career-driven woman. Yeah. Do you know what? I think Christmas Inheritance might be one of the only Christmas films I've ever given up on. Oh, really? <gasps> Are you Why serious? I think it was so bad even I wouldn't watch it. So you're saying there is a bottom? And I watched that one that inexplicably has a sister film. 
that's never really talked about, but they both share one scene in the middle that's in both films. Oh my and the God. characters exist in the same world, but it serves no purpose. I watched That's kind of, of that. inspired. I both like of that. Those. <laughs> you think you do, and then you watch them both. <laughs> what, what, were there any other stereotypes that we are missing? Well, Christmas Inheritance has a few more. We've got uh, unpreparedness for the weather. So, 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 so someone being out in the snow and, and being like, oh, what's going on? Um, a cute, precocious child. Oh, yeah. An, yeah. an, an, an evil fiance. Yes. Yeah, oh, I'm thinking like a, a fiance too. Yeah, I'm thinking married. like a guy from Titanic or something, you know, yeah. slick back hair. He's yeah. probably he's probably trying to like buy the community center or something, like a real piece of work. My number one, uh, well, it's arguably a Christmas film because it also covers New Year's. But my, my number one is... Uh, um, while you were sleeping with Sandra Bullock. <gasps> Beck, that's my uh, all-time favorite film of all time. Oh, it's so good. It's so perfect. I could watch it all the time and never get sick I've of it. I've watched it four times in one day before. <laughs> Do you know what? I've never I'm, seen I'm this fine film. with that. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Bill Pullman is delightful. Ugh. Sandy Doing B. all his leaning is great. But but Laura, does it tick the box of having a small town guy who works with his hands? Oh, yeah. And while you were sleeping, it absolutely yes. does. Yeah, yes. it absolutely right, does. Yes. Yeah. There you go. There oh, you go. Yes. I think we've got this genre down pat. Let's hear the pitches. Moving over to the wonderful John Gracie. What have you got for us? Do you want to start off with your title or your, or your plot? So, right. So, my Christmas movie is Christmas Falls. Holly Matthews is a high-powered lawyer about to get married to the man of her dreams. All she has to do is close one final deal in the town of Christmas Falls. A huge snowstorm traps her in the festive winter wonderland, preparing for its annual Christmas festival, and she ends up having to stay at the only spare room in town, the mayor's son, Andrew. Holly has to put through this final... <laughs> Holly has to put through this final deal with the mayor while Andrew prepares for Christmas Falls' jolliest event of the year, but when her job and the security of her... and... and the, Sorry, when her job and the security of the town come into conflict, which way will Holly's Christmas fall? Oh. So Holly, which are, who is our dri- our driven career woman, so she uh, yes. she has she hasn't got time for sentimentality. You know, she doesn't doesn't care for small town rubes. She is from a small town herself, but she got herself out of there. She pulled herself up by her bootstraps, and now yeah. she works for a big law firm in New York. She's making a ton of money. She's living that American dream. Um, she's got a great fiance. It's very Mighty Ducks. Yes, yes. She's got a great fiance, by which I mean a rich fiance. Uh, she's got a banging apartment. All she needs now is just to pop the question. It's very sweet home Alabama. Uh, honestly, I was writing this. I'm like, shit, this is sweet home Alabama. So I had to make some changes. <laughs> um, all she has to do, though, guys, all she's got to do is pop the question. And then she'll be right onto the next rung of the ladder. But she's just yeah. got this pesky last job in Christmas Falls. Just got to get that out of the way and her life will be perfect. Okay, so that's, uh, that's Holly. Uh, so... What's the what's the young handsome love interest? I hear you say that's young Christopher Bright, who is the handsome architect son. So he does work with his hands, but he's also good. He's also got brains as well. He does like the theoretical stuff, but he builds the buildings he designs as well. So he's yeah. he's the whole package. Um, he's the architect son. <gasps> Sorry, yeah, I've been trying really hard not to interrupt you because I was like, God, I finished shrieky mess on this book. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, no, go, go, go. But, do you say his surname is Bright? Yes. Can, can he start an architect firm with somebody with the surname Mary, so they're Mary and Bright in oh. Christmas Falls? Oh. I, I love it. So maybe we could change Holly's name to Mary. Holly Mary. Well, may, may, well maybe it could be that her 
her fiance's name is Matthews, and so she's preparing to be that. And then at the end, it's like, what's your <gasps> actual name? It's Mary. Yes, yeah. yes. Done. Done and done. See, this yep. is why we bring these ideas to the writer's room. These are the kind of changes we need to make. Great. So uh, the architect who is soon to start the firm, uh, Mary and Bright, but currently he's just Bright. <laughs> uh, is, is, so Christopher Bright, he's the son of the mayor, as I said before, whose name is Chuck. Chuck Bright. Um, Christopher is sweet. He's hometown. He's American as apple pie. Um, he knows everyone in town. He builds their houses. He designs their roads. He fixes their hospitals. But what he loves most of all is, of course, uh, Christmas Falls, his Christmas festival. But if only he'd just spend less time volunteering at the soup kitchen and more time looking for love, he wouldn't be so lonely on those cold, those cold Christmas nights. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's a little bit bumbling, a little bit disorganized, but it's only because he's so busy making homemade presents for all the orphans in the orphanage, yeah. which he also built by hand. Um <laughs> And then we've got Chuck Bright, who is the mayor. It's long term. He's been there for a long time. Respected figure in the community. He wants everyone to be happy. He wants everything to run really smoothly. He's all about family values. Uh, but he does want to make sure he leaves a legacy for his son, Christopher. So, like, you know, he wants this town to, to stay small. But he's kind of, uh, you know, he does want to, you know, ensure its survival, which is why he's actually the one who brought in Holly to, uh, to, to make sure this deal goes through. So he's the one who called her to Christmas Falls in the first place to oversee this great mysterious deal. Oh my goodness. I'm picturing this so well in my head. She wears like pale knitwear. I love it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely, yeah, a lot of cardigans. Um, so Tristan is Holly's husband-to-be. He's a high-powered legal exec in the same firm as Holly. So they, they work together and, and, and live together. Um, he spends a lot of time at work, but he does lavish money and luxuries on Holly whenever they get uh, to spend time together. You know, they go to fancy restaurants in New York, or, uh, and also their fancy penthouse apartment just off Central Park. So like, you know, they live in that, they live in that high roller lifestyle. Um, final character to tell you about is old Eric, who uh, <laughs> we actually we, we actually forgot to mention this trope. I don't know if it's super common, Laura, you'll be able to confirm this, but in Christmas with the Cranks, they do it, where there's this weird old guy who looks a bit like an elf, like without any like makeup or anything. He has quite an elfy face and he's just kind of wandering around uh, and it's just a bit weird. And then it turns out, I think the implication is that he's supposed to be Father Christmas, but just like hanging out. All <laughs> oh, right, yeah. And is this a thing they do, Laura, where there's just like Father Christmas, just kind of like an actor will wink at you at the end. And it's like, are they supposed to have been Father yeah, Christmas? Yeah, sometimes. A bit like the Rowan Atkinson thing in Love Actually, you know? Yeah, mm. yeah. So old Eric is stealing that trope. He, I've just written, crazy old guy spends a lot of time in the park in Christmas Falls, feeding the birds and wandering the streets, handing out advice to career women in their 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Father Christmas. So uh, to be fair, there's the lots of people, men handing out advice yeah. to women <laughs> in their thirties. So no it's women would watch that and think, but men never do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's less of a Christmas trope, more of a real life trope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just unsolicited advice to all these women. Um, so casting wise, I'm thinking for Holly. I'm thinking Isla Fisher. I love it. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Confessions of a Shopaholic era. You know, like you know, in like funny, intense but warm-hearted and sweet. Yep. Even though this is kind of a Hallmark movie, so it's I don't know. It's very important get... with a Christmas film like yours, John, to cast a lead actress who has long hair so that you can curl it coming out of a fluffy hat looking great. Yes, yes. that's so it's true. Yeah, yeah. got to be <laughs> that you can't have a bob or something because it doesn't look good in a Christmas film. You're so right. Oh, Every so... time I wear a beanie, I look like a little boy 
Like I <laughs> try, try only having hair on one side of your head. I just look demented in her. <laughs> um, for, for Christopher Bright, the handsome architect love interest, I've gone for a bit of a curveball here, and I've gone, I've gone for a Hemsworth, but I've Ooh. gone for Ooh. a lesser known Hemsworth, which is to say Luke Hemsworth. Oh yeah, an, an attainable Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like you can't have like I mean you can have Chris, but it's just like what's what's Thor doing here? Um, even yeah. though even though he's really good, like he, in Ghostbusters, he did a really nice comic turn. Like he could definitely sell it. So for the for the town mayor, I've got I've gone for an old like American like granddad figure. So I've gone for uh a, well an alive Mickey Rooney, um or Dick Van Dyke as a kind of oh lovely yes, yeah yeah nice. yeah. yeah. I would like it if it was Dick Van Dyke, but like there was just a little suggestion that his wife is Mary Poppins. Like just a little, <laughs> just as a little like Easter egg. Yeah, yeah like... Like, there's loads of umbrellas in his in his house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, so Tristan, who is the douche boyfriend, I think this is an interesting casting choice, which is make him Chris Hemsworth. <gasps> yeah, so... I was gonna say Chris would have to play the bad guy because you. So you get the be bros. Like... You get the bros uh, locked nice. in combat together. That's nice. And then clearly... I feel like she really has a taste in men. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. She definitely has a type. Um, and old Eric, who is not important to the plot, but I just enjoyed it, is uh, the same guy who's in Christmas with the Cranks. I want you to quickly, if you can, look up this guy called Austin Austin Pendleton. Um, All right, I'm looking who... it up now. Oh, when he's young, he looks he looks like an actual elf. Yeah, like... he's got such an elven vibe, doesn't he? When he's old. Oh yeah. I no, he. I think he looks like a happy David Larry. Larry David. David Larry. <laughs> David Larry. I've been in this cupboard too long. <laughs> That's the happy version of Larry David. <laughs> That's what I'm calling him now. <laughs> David Larry. Um. So I I just want to tell you about the the final twist, guys, which is so you know Holly Holly's here to 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 push this deal through it's a big one for the firm and it's kind of like what's she doing out in christmas falls it's this two-bit town where's all this money coming from um so it turns out the deal is for unlimited planning permission for uh whoever whoever is in charge to do whatever they want and chuck has done it for his son christopher the town architect to give him this legacy to give him this freedom to build whatever he wants on the town but christopher He's worried that, you know, make sure he would use it responsibly. But what if this legislation just was there for all future architects in Christmas Falls? They could do whatever they wanted. So while Chuck's excuse is for my son, in actual fact, Chuck is building a huge highway directly to Christmas Falls to drive all this tourist traffic in, to put it back on the map. He's worried his town is dying and the only way to resuscitate it is a massive, great super highway. And it's going to build, guys, it's going to build right over where the Christmas markets are going to be. Oh, no. Well, that won't draw in tourism. <laughs> I know, exactly. He's, he's really scuppering himself. He's not a good man. You have to buy stuff really quick as yeah. you drive yeah. through. <laughs> yeah, he's destroying the one attraction the town to the town. drive through. <laughs> Just chucking so... tinsel through the windows. <laughs> <laughs> so Holly now knows. So she's she's been living with uh, Christopher for a while. Oh, I forgot to say there's a big snowdrift. Did I say that? Big snowdrift that's, that traps her in town? Yeah. Bro, and that. she wasn't oh, yeah. ready for it. Tick. No, Bingo she was card. totally not she ready. Was... She was so not ready for it. So she's been living with Christopher for a while while she gets this deal through. So she and she learns that, of course, he's he's very handsome and into Christmas and is a sweet. <laughs> she learns that he is <laughs> handsome. She reads yeah, it in a book really one does. day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she's like, "Well, do I tell Christopher? Because this would this would destroy him." 
or do I carry on with the deal? Do I get my get my final deal done, make a bunch of money, go back to New York? So that's a big decision. And she's just about to tell Christopher the truth. But who who reappears? But Tristan, her <gasps> hunky New York boyfriend, who has been waiting for her to come back for ages. And he, of course, works for the same law firm. And it's like, Holly, what are you doing? You've changed in this small town. You've got to push this deal through because it's, it's for the good of our firm. And Holly realises that Tristan is not the right man for her. And she runs off to tell... Um, to tell Christopher what's happened. All, in the meantime, the big Christmas Falls opening night is happening because it's Christmas Eve and Mayor mm. Chuck Bright is going to open the festival when Holly and Christopher dramatically reveal the truth and the whole town realises that their mayor is evil and they turn against him. And then, and then for some reason, old Eric dumps a huge load of fake snow on Chuck and Tristan's heads <laughs> and the town <laughs> celebrates. Uh, I was running out, running out of steam at the end, so that's yeah. how it ends. Uh, and is, it, is, they, it a, is it a freeze frame mid mid snowpour, and then the credits yeah. roll over the top or something? Love it. Well, so so yeah. Holly decides Holly decides they're gonna she's gonna stay, and the final shot is her kissing uh, Christopher in an embrace as the real snow starts to fall uh, across oh. their faces, oh, while, while you can lovely. just see the head. While you can see the heads of Mayor Bright and Tristan sticking out of a snowdrift in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening all the way to the middle. Well done, you. We'll be back with more in a second, but I just need to let you know that you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching for at YouWatchedPod. Also, it'd be bloody amazing if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes two seconds, and it would make Rory's week. Go on, don't you want to make Rory's week? I mean, mine too, but I've got other stuff going on. Rory, he's got nothing. Laura, seeing as you're the biggest number one all-time fan, uh, let's let's hear it. Do you want to give us a title first, or do you want to tell us what the uh, what the rough <laughs> plot is? Okay, I want to I want to like um, give you an idea of what I wanted to do with this film first. Oh, okay, because all right. Okay. Obviously, I do watch a lot of these films, and some of the things I really wanted to bring into this are a real overblown budget on a magical world that, even yeah. though they've had lots of money, they've not done it very well. <laughs> so I really want that kind of a sense. I wanted it to be very magical. Like I didn't want it to be set in normal city or town or world. I, I was like, it's Christmas. You don't get that much chance to have things set in the North Pole. I want it to yeah. be a fully invested Christmas feeling. But I also wanted it to be modern. Mm. So I have called my film Christmas Eve and Christmas Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's set in the North Pole okay now in the world of this film Father Christmas is very much a, a concept that exists alright Yeah. Um, so we'd probably set that up you know quick montage at the beginning of Earth Children believing in Father Christmas sending off their letters Father Christmas on billboards Father Christmas is a thing right yes. then we get to the North Pole where we discover that while Father Christmas is the brand there is not one factory at the North Pole full of elves, but two. <gasps> one factory is run by Christmas Steve. Christmas Steve looks yes. like Father Christmas. He is the the p- patriarchal figure that we all know and love. He is the 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 Christmas card image of Father Christmas, right? Mm. The other factory is run by Christmas Eve, who does just as much work as Christmas Steve, works just as hard, makes the toys, sends them out, is just as magical, is just as brilliant, but is not Father Christmas. The best she's ever (laughs) done is manage to get her image out there as a sort of Mrs. Christmas figure, 
this is obviously a bit annoying, but you know, it's tradition now. They don't want to ruin it for the kids, but it, it grinds on the workers at Christmas Eve's factory, right? Obviously, patriarchy being what it bees, the Victorians went with Christmas Steve, and that's just the way it is. Okay, now, the, the Christmas Steve team that of elves are kind of getting a bit big-headed about it, right? Like, even though they're both doing equal work, because the Christmas Steve team are the ones, you know, like the front runners, they, they're getting a bit knob-headed about it. And Christmas yeah. Eve is getting kind of annoyed that she doesn't get as much credit, but, you know, she's not that fussed. It's about the children. Her team are incandescent, right? So these two teams of elves in the two factories are just not getting on well at all over this. So a war breaks out between the two factories, right? Now, this is where we meet the head elves of the two different factories. The head of the Christmas Steve team of elves is Nicola Safety. And on her name tag, it would read Elf N Safety. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was oh, searching for that. We searching for, it, for right? what it was going to be. So Nicola, Nicola Safety, head elf of the Christmas Steve team, she leads a raid on the Christmas Eve factory, right? <gasps> what? Oh no, it's sort of hijinksy, but it's real upsetting. And the Christmas Eve team <laughs> can't stand for this, right? <laughs> so the head elf of the Christmas Eve team, Imelda Salation, leads a retaliatory raid back. So the war is really escalating between these two teams of elves, right? And Eve and Steve are losing control of their respective camps. And they're sort of increasingly desperate that their teams have really lost sight of what Christmas is for. And, and they're sort of like, they don't know what to do. And one day they're out wandering, trying to come up with ideas and desperately worrying. And they bump into each other and oh, they get on like a bloody house on fire to Eve and Steve. There's real <laughs> chemistry between these two kids. Now, they agree that the best way to get the, the factories to finish the presents all on time, because obviously you need the Christmas Eve deadline in a Christmas film. The best way to get it finished on time is to merge the two factories and the two teams. <gasps> this goes mm. down like a cup of cold sick with the two teams of elves, right? <laughs> but they agree to get on with it. So they merge the two teams. And this is where we really begin to see the simmering sexual tension between Imelda and Nicola as well. Uh, they, they're sort of like these two really efficient, brilliant elves. They're, they actually really admire and quite love each other too. So there's two love stories in this. Um, now, it gets to Christmas Eve. The presents are ready to go out. They've managed to make it work between the two crews of elves. But on Christmas Eve, Christmas Steve falls ill. <gasps> what are they going to do? Father Christmas isn't able to deliver the presents. Now, obviously, Christmas Eve is like, well, I have the same magical powers as him. I guess I mm. could do it. And mm -hmm. this causes the Christmas Steve elves to point the blame at Christmas Eve for uh, having poisoned him. Uh, <gasps> yeah, that's not fair. So that she could go out and deliver the presents and get the glory. Now, a huge row breaks up between the elves, right? Everyone's at each other's throats. All of the goodwill of the last few weeks is all falling apart. Um, but Christmas Eve is like, look, whatever we do when I get back, whatever blame I take, whatever, whatever, I've got to get these presents to the kids, right? So she climbs into the sleigh. But little do we know that Nicola's safety, the head elf of the Christmas Eve team, has sabotaged the sleigh <gasps> so With that Christmas name. Eve will fail. I know, oh, right? No. You'd never see oh, it coming. Wow. And right. Christmas Steve will never be usurped. Now, when Imelda Salation realises what's happened, she is heartbroken that Nicola's safety would, would endanger Christmas Eve, would endanger children, would endanger the very message of Christmas. She harnesses the only reindeer left behind, who is a very rude reindeer called Dolph, and she races after Christmas <laughs> Eve. 
and she chases the sleigh down. There's a terrifying in-flight rescue mission and repairing of the sleigh, but they make it through and the last present just about gets delivered as the sun rises. And they get home and Christmas Steve is recovering from his absolute non-poisoning. Everybody's realised that something else happened to make him ill. It wasn't Christmas Eve. Nicola's safety is fired and put to work as the worst job that they can think of. And Imelda is sad, but she has plenty of new admirers now because she did the sort of solo (laughs) rescuing job. And Christmas Eve and Christmas Steve get married and they agree to alternate on present delivering. And there's just a much more gender equal future for the Christmas story. Yay! I mean, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test, but that's not the question here. (laughs) (laughs) It absolutely would pass the Bechdel test, though. What, that it takes them getting married to work out how to... Share Christmas. Oh, yeah, but the two head elves, like the three of the four main characters That's are true. all women and the head elves would be discussing presents and all sorts. The Bechdel test. That's yeah, true. There's totally a lot of that. like admin chat that happening at the factory <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, I yeah, forgot yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of admin back. <laughs> yeah. I've, got, I've got a couple of questions. One major one. Um, in like Christmas <laughs> films, <laughs> I mean, yeah. only one. Um, in Christmas films, sometimes like Santa is portrayed as this kind of immortal being, right? Who's just been around for like hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the case with these two? Steve yes, I think so. But but what I've done is I've gone for a sort of middle aged actor, and then I've I would want him to be aged up. I'd want it to look very stereotypically Christmas. That would be important. Okay, because you're going like stereotypical Christmas. So the look is very stereotypical, but the plot is like, here's all the stuff behind the branding. Uh, I would, to me, that sounds like your ideal actor would be Dean Cain, king of the Christmas films. Do you know what, babe? I've not gone my, the one I've put down on my notes, I've gone for James Marsden. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Who I think is a cracking comedy actor. He's very, very, very funny. He's got very he twinkly blue eyes. Oh, yeah. I can really imagine James Marsden being a Father Christmas or a Christmas Steve. Yeah, that's a great show. Yeah, no. yeah, he would. Co-star of Sonic the Hedgehog, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which, by the way, was the last film I saw in the cinema before the lockdown. If oh, no. all the cinemas close <laughs> after this due to losing money, that's going to be the last film I ever saw in a cinema. <laughs> what a legacy. <laughs> Who else do you see playing the other characters then? Okay, so James Marsden is my big ticket actor, probably. As Christmas Eve, I've gone for a lesser known actress, but someone that I think is a phenomenal actress, and I wish she was in more stuff. I've gone for Jenna Fisher, who plays Pam in The Office, the American Yes, Office. yeah, who's also in Blades of Glory. Yes, I think she's brilliant and I don't think she's done enough for my liking. So I've got her in as Christmas Eve. Um, Playing Nicola Safety, I've gone for Catherine Hahn, who is just a brilliant comedy actress. And then... Playing, what would I have uh, seen Catherine in? I'm not sure who Catherine Hahn is. She, she, she's in Bad Mums 2016, Bad oh. Mums Christmas 2017. I love Catherine she's Hahn. She's gone I've just realised she's in Parks and Rec as the sassy uh, yes. PR lady. She's excellent. <laughs> she, I would definitely want her. And then as Imelda Salation playing the other like brilliant together head elf, I want Sandra O. Oh, yeah. So that, that was my casting criteria for those four. I think we've got both of those pitches into really nice shape, ready to take through to the big wigs 
in the executive commissioning houses. I don't know what the buildings are called. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Rory, did you get all of that, all of the new things under our subheading of uh, romantic Christmas films? Oh, absolutely. We've got two new entries to the category of romantic Christmas films that I think are really going to take the industry by storm. First up, we've got Christmas Eve and Christmas Steve. First off, Santa absolutely exists. But while he exists, there are two factories, not one. And the other is run by Christmas Eve, not Christmas Steve, who is our traditional Santa Claus. These two Santas uh, do basically the same job. However, Christmas Steve, as you would know, is taking all the glory. And let me tell you, the Christmas Steve elves are getting a bit big-headed by all this, and they're getting right knob-headed about it. And that's a direct quote that will be in the film. (laughs) Christmas Eve's team have had just about enough of this, and there's something brewing, and it's not eggnog. It is war. The head elves, Elf N Safety and Elf Isolation, uh, they get at each other's throats a bit and loads of hijinks ensue as they have mischief-based attacks on each other's factories. But meanwhile, Steve and Eve discover that they get on really well and honestly, maybe a bit too well. There's like some serious chemistry on screen. It's all a bit much. It's pushing the PG rating to the limit. Um, But then it gets near Christmas and tragedy strikes Christmas Steve has become sick and there's obviously a very good replacement, the equally magical Christmas Eve. But as she heads out to do the Christmas thing, the the head elf of Christmas Steve's factory starts to get a bit suspicious. She thinks that Christmas Eve poisoned Christmas Steve to try and take all the glory and take all the credit. So she sabotages the sleigh. But thankfully, the head elf of Christmas Eve's factory takes the reins of Rude Dolph, the rudest of the reindeer, and manages to save the day (laughs) and Christmas. Everyone gets their comeuppance and comedownance, and Christmas Eve and Christmas Steve agree to share the responsibilities of Christmas on alternating years. Next up, we have John's idea, the equally amazing Christmas Falls, which follows Holly Matthews, at least that's the name she's going to take shortly, who is a high-powered lawyer about to get married to the man of her dreams, Tristan, or so she thinks. All she has to do is pop the question, and there's one thing standing in her way, and it's one big final deal in the small town of Christmas Falls. But after she gets trapped in town by a big snowstorm, she has to bunk with the mayor's son, Christopher. Will she be able to close the deal or will her Christmas fall a different way? Christopher is Christopher Bright, is an architect who works with his hands, as all good uh, love interests do. And he does a lot of charity work. He's really the sweetest man you've ever seen. And his dad, Chuck Bright, is the mayor who wants the town to succeed and wants to leave a legacy to his son. And this brings us to the big twist. What is the mysterious deal that Holly is here to seal? Well, it's nothing else but unlimited planning permission so that, so that Chuck can give it to Christopher and make the town a better place. But unlimited planning permission in the wrong hands, it's chaos. And Chuck, and Chuck is going to take it as far as he can before he hands over the reins. He's going to build a super highway right through the Christmas market to draw in tourists. Holly knows this will destroy Chris and Holly should tell him, but it might sabotage the deal. And guess who shows up just at that moment? It's only bloody Tristan and is here to convince Holly that she needs to close this deal. She's been here way too long. 
and this causes a crisis of confidence. Both Holly and Christopher reveal the truth to the town and everyone turns on the mayor. Everything gets upended. Holly decides Tristan's not for her. And in the end, it's all a happy ending with ideally uh, Mayor Chuck ending up like headfirst in the snow with his feet sticking out, moaning about Christmas. And those are the two ideas. Yay! I love it. Thanks for that, Rory. My big decision about planning permission. (laughs) (laughs) That's so on brand. I actually, I think it's Christmas with a view is genuinely about like a, a manager of a hotel who has to stop an old couple selling their hotel to someone else for planning permission. So, John, you were bang on. Oh, great. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, both of these pictures are absolutely perfect for this, and I can't see either of them getting turned down by the big wigs. So it's official. They've been rubber stamped. Thanks for summarising those, Rory. No problem. They, they are the most confident additions to our slate in this episode. We're going to uh, start wrapping up this episode, but before we go, uh, first of all, Laura Lex, thank you very much for joining us. Do you have anything to plug? I do. Um, I have a podcast called the National Treasures Podcast where I go out for the day with my friend Will and we record it and you can go out for the day in your ears. Um, so please do that and follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Laura Lex. That sounds very useful right now. And Laura, do you have a, ta- a quick tagline? I know we're springing this on you, but a tagline for your film to see us out? Uh... It's Christmas Steve, not Christmas Eve. Love it. Oh, Excellent. so good. And John, uh, John Gracie, uh, do you have anything to plug for us? Uh, yes. Yeah, so every Tuesday I do a show called Werewolf Live, which both Laura and uh, Beck have appeared on and have been fabulous yeah. on. It is com- comedians playing the game Werewolf, which is a bluffing game. Uh, it's lots of fun. It is 7 p.m. UK time every Tuesday, live on Twitch. Um, and actually, I've just started a new podcast, a uh, new Twitch show, which is also a podcast, which is an RPG show called Vicky's World, which is me and a bunch of lovely comedians. It's Look, it's comedians playing D&D. There's a million of them, but it's really good and fun and everyone's really good. So if you fancy some of that, uh, you should give it a listen because we did the first episode last week and it was really good. Oh, great stuff. Yeah, will do. And do you have a tagline for your film? Oh, God. I mean, I think, it, I think it's probably going to have to be, so Christmas falls, which way will her Christmas? This episode of Because You Watched featured Laura Lex, John Gracie, Rory Binks and me, Beck Hill. It was produced by Joe Grace and Martin Tricky. 